Hello, and welcome to the Soul Full of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today I'm joined by an entrepreneur, podcast host of the Mindset Reset Radio, and author, Jess Thiefels. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your network. Okay, let's jump into this. Welcome, Jess. I am so stoked to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here and talk with you and talk with your listeners. Yay. So first question I'd like to ask, and you actually might not remember the answer, which is okay, because I'll help you if you don't, <laughs> is can you share with us your sun, moon, and rising signs? I think it's Leo, Leo, and Scorpio. You were so close, so close. Sagittarius. So oh. you are the creator, which is your Leo sun sign, with the soul of the adventurer, which is your Sagittarius moon sign, who appears to the world as the leader, which is that Leo rising. And you are a triple fire sign, which is super cool. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like that means double trouble. <laughs> I think that means triple trouble and a lot of fire under your ass to make a lot of waves in this world. Yes. and. You were just born to be a mover and shaker, and it's freaking awesome. That's awesome. I love hearing that. I love, I think I've told you before that I'm, I dabble a lot in spirituality and stuff like this, but it's so, I just love learning about that sort of thing. And it's just fun to see how on point it is with my life. <laughs> yeah. Like having the double Leo too, like your Leo son being your identity, but also being a Leo rising, like that's how you appear to the world you probably feel a lot of Leo energy to you because you have such significant Leo placements. And that is just pure leadership. Seriously, it's awesome. So cool. I love that I got, you found that out for me. <laughs> yeah, I love my Leos. They're, they're amazing people. And uh, the world shines brighter because of them. That's for mm -hmm. damn sure. Totally. So there are so many things we could talk about today. You're an entrepreneur. You're also a podcast host. You mm -hmm. just got your first book out. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Very exciting. So there definitely is an opportunity to bring you back to talk about other topics. But this time around, we're really going to be talking about your journey living with intention. Yeah, I feel like, um, like a lot of things in my life, I didn't really know that I was living with intention necessarily. That's probably something I've really only realized in the last few years as I've been able to articulate it through a lot of the personal growth work that I'm doing, that I've been doing. But I think I was sort of like straight out the womb was the kind of person who was just going to do her own thing and make her own way in this world. I was literally born with pneumonia and spent the first 11 days of my life in the ICU. So right away, I was not doing things the same way as everyone else. Um, <laughs> obviously not that I chose to do that. But um, yeah, uh, I feel like really like started living life intentionally in, in a really powerful way right after college when my now husband, uh, at the time we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, we decided to move to San Diego. And that was one of the most life-changing things I've ever done. I'm in Vermont now, I'm back here after having lived in San Diego for nine years. But we moved there with no jobs, no friends, an apartment that we'd never seen before. And 
what we could fit in our car. And we got rid of everything else. And we just drove cross country and moved to San Diego. And I feel like that was like the first big thing where it was like, okay, I'm really charging forward. And then I had, I think it's six jobs in seven years. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I like to say that because I wasn't job hopping. I was very intentionally moving from one position to the next. Um, and moving up in my career, I didn't know that I wanted to be a business owner. I knew that I had really shitty bosses and that I could do it better than them. But I didn't even Amen. Have, yeah, <laughs> right? I didn't even necessarily have an inkling. I feel like that I wanted to be a business owner. I was just trying to move up in my career. And so, yeah, like every everything just sort of I just had this innate desire to to create the life that I wanted. I literally have write your own story tattooed on the side of my body got that when I was, that was before we moved to San Diego. So I was like in my early twenties. So I think there was always this like idea of write your own story, intentional living, create your own life in the back of my head, sort of fueling me. And only in the last few years, I've started articulating it as like living with intention and realizing that I feel like my purpose on this planet is to help others see that they too can live with intention and the power that you can harness when you do start living more intentionally. That's so wonderful. And what an awesome journey that you were on to get to this place. It's funny how we can be living in these ways and have kind of these rituals to how we go about our days and not have the language for it. But once you have that language, it kind of shifts everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It feels really good to own that. And I feel like I'm really stepping into this space of living with intention and my power and in the power that being able to articulate that has given me. And I really bring that a lot there. And what a difference it makes when you really step into who you are and, and own that. That's so great. And there's a lot of power in that. And folks like you sharing about your own story is exactly how people get motivated and go, oh, hey, wait, I can live this way. And I just, I love that about you. You're just one of the many reasons I'm so tickled to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're always so sweet. I appreciate it. Sweet and honest, sometimes too much. <laughs> ah, same. <laughs> so I know that you have done a ton of traveling. I'm curious how traveling impacted your routines. Yeah, traveling really. Uh, so for the listeners who don't know um, of my travel stories, the big one is that I traveled um, in 2019. So last year for eight months, my husband and I traveled the world. So we went from Australia uh, to Bali, and we traveled all through Southeast Asia, and then made our way over to Europe, and then ended in Northern Africa. An amazing, insane, sometimes can't even put the words to it, just life-changing experience. But yes, travel, that, that particular experience, really almost opened up my routines, because it sort of, in a lot of ways, but one of the ways was that we realized pretty quickly that we had to be really flexible. So my husband and I feel grounded when we have our routine and we feel settled. And so we did have a routine while we traveled. We, we both um, still went to the gym and ate healthy because we weren't on vacation for eight months and we were actually living. So in building those routines, we realized still that we needed to bring flexibility to our life because, for example, a place like Africa, 
don't really want to go out at night, at least where we were, we probably would have been okay, but it's not really advised. Like for example, when we were in Marrakesh and Morocco, when that happened, it was like, okay, we'll go out and explore during the day and we'll work at night. So sort of the example of like being flexible and not being sort of stuck in your routine but that sort of like opened me up in a way that I didn't know I needed to be like cracked open, allowing me to see that it's sort of funny if anyone's listening that runs their own business, like you be your own boss because you think you're going to have all of this flexibility and then you start to be your own boss and you don't give yourself like that time off or the extra time in the morning or space in the afternoon to just like chill and read, you know, you still work, work, work. And so traveling, showed me that I could allow myself that space and that flexibility in my routines and I could still get it all done. Um, and it just really was like liberating in a way for someone like me who can be very um, left brain, very masculine, very rigid. And like I live and die by my to-do list. It was a really gorgeous way to open up to the realization that I could be more flexible and more flowing and more right-brained and, and still get all of those things done and run a successful business and, and write my book and now start a podcast, you know, and all the crazy <laughs> things that I have going on. <laughs> so yeah, it, that was one of the really amazing takeaways for sure. I love that it sounds like you don't say no to when you have a new idea. Like you're not one of those people who you have an idea and then fear takes over and doubt and you're like, I don't know, maybe I won't do it. Like it sounds like you've really grown into yourself to be able to create space where if you have an idea, whether it's the best idea or the worst idea ever, that you let yourself try. Definitely, definitely. And I'm the kind of person who I have a very, very hardcore, no excuses personality. So for me, it's like, what's the excuse for waiting until next week? Like nothing, you know, I, I don't have one, like, let's just start now. That's a great thing, but it's also a challenging thing. Like one of the things I'm working on, I've been working on this past week and I've really nailed down even just today was that I need, I have a lot of projects going on right now and a lot of things I'm really excited about. So probably that's the Leo in me, you know, I'm really passionate and excited. So I just want to pursue it all, but I need to like really pull back. We can, we can do this one piece at a time. We don't have to get it all done right now. Like I know you think you can do that, but you're going to run yourself into the ground again if you keep trying. So <laughs> pulling back a little bit. Definitely. It's the bite, chew, swallow. You can't just go from bite <laughs> to swallow and think yes. that you're not going to choke. Yes, yeah. I love that analogy. That's perfect. <laughs> Most of my analogies, I feel like, have to do with food because I just love to eat. <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel you, girl. Oh, my goodness. What would what would life be without the delicious meals in between mm -hmm. all the madness? Right. <laughs> uh, so the, you kind of touched on something else that I wanted to pick your brain on, which is accountability. I see you as a leader in the realm of, like, this living with intention and also just being a highly accountable person. And this year – of 2020 is really focused astrologically on this theme of personal responsibility. And you have such a mastery of that. And I would just love if you could share any tips that you have for people who are trying to hone in on their accountability and like be able to get to a point where they can say yes to all of these ideas that they have and they can create a roadmap for themselves to really begin to live the life of their dreams. Totally. <sighs> There's so many pieces to accountability. Um, I do find that I hold myself extremely accountable. I 
And and again, that's both a good and, and a challenging thing because it's a good thing because it means I decide I want to do something and I do it. And that's how I travel the world. And I start a business and I write a book. But it can also be challenging because I'm I am so accountable because I hold myself to a extremely high standard. And so like one of the ways that I hold myself accountable is what I was just saying, this no excuses mentality. I see my excuses for exactly what they are and I won't. I don't give them to other people and I don't give them to myself. Um, like in writing an email, I will never say like, give some excuse for sending something late. I'm either going to own up to it or I'm going to just, you know, not mention it, whatever the case may be. There's an element of, of that. Um, and I think something with accountability is this mindset piece of you come up with this idea and like you have to do it and you need to move forward with it. And something I like to remind people of is if you're not feeling motivated, if you can't hold yourself accountable, there are two potential things coming up here. The first is straight up resistance. If you're super excited about something, if you're really passionate about it, you're going to resist it every step of the way. Mm. So strange the way that that works, but resistance wants to keep us in a place that we know, a place that's familiar. And so that's the here and now. And moving forward can be really scary because that also means chance of failure. It could also mean a chance of wild success, but we often go to the failure piece. And so you might be feeling resistance. So it's not that you can't hold yourself accountable. It's that you just haven't quite gotten your finger on what that resistance looks like and how to move past it. And the other piece is that maybe you don't actually want to do it. Like there's, it's so often that we very easily live on the surface. And when we live on the surface, we're doing things that other people want us to do. We're living a life that other people want us to live. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. That's like really striking a chord with me because there's just so much projection going on Mm. all the time. Yes. I mean, think of like, I think of like people that go to school to become a doctor because their parents want them to, but they want to be an artist or, you know, there's just so many examples of how we let other people dictate our lives. But the point of that with accountability is if you find yourself constantly coming up against a wall or constantly dropping projects, it could potentially be that you don't actually care about it. There's no strong why there. And so there's nothing, there's nothing for you to hold on to as things get hard, like things get hard and you're like, all right, screw it. Cause I don't actually really care about this. So I'm not willing to walk through fire for it. So I think that's a really important piece to remember because it's like, it makes me think of what's that, um, what's that phrase? Like uh, fish trying to, if a fish lives its whole life thinking it's supposed to climb a tree. Um, oh yeah. Then it's never going to feel like it has any potential. Yeah. Yeah. Basically the idea of like, it thinks it's a failure because it's supposed to climb a tree when really it's supposed to swim. And so it's like, we mm. think that we're a failure because we can't hold ourselves accountable. And it's like, well, maybe this is a sign that you need to do some inner work and figure out like, what am I chasing? And, and do I even actually care about it? And maybe that's why I'm not holding myself accountable. Maybe I can, if it's something I'm really excited about, you know, like, I feel like sometimes I see this a little bit in my uh, brother-in-law who always struggled really badly with school and hated going. And there was just a lot of issues around that. But when he got into college and then got later into college and was really focused on what he liked doing, all of a sudden he was like able to do his work more and he was more focused. And it was because he was doing something he really cared about. So I think that's a really big piece in accountability. It's like, I I feel like the accountability conversation is a lot about like push through, push through, push through. And in some cases it can be, but sometimes it's like, wait, maybe this is trying to tell you something and maybe it's time to step back and take a look at that. Yeah. It's like reevaluate. Why are you in this? Like what, why do you want to put your skin in the game for this? If, 
if it's going to cost you a lot of time or maybe money, energy, blood, sweat, tears, et cetera, like, Mm -hmm. you know, do you really, really want it? We don't really have a society that's encouraging us to question the status quo in that way. Right. We're coming into this new age, this new thought process where the questioning, the inquiry is something I'm seeing more people work with. And it it's so empowering and it's also really accessible to anybody. Yeah. It's a free tool. Like at any at any moment we can choose to respond with curiosity and to question what's around us. I mean, that's literally like the backbone of my book, 10 questions that that answer life's biggest questions. It's all about like, why aren't we asking more questions? Why aren't we challenging the status quo? Why are we just accepting what's given to us as what is? It can be easy to just wake up and look around and be like, what is this life that I'm even living in? One of the questions um, I talk about in the book is whose story am I living in? Who's writing the pages of my book right now? And why isn't that me? And how can I become that author for myself? I love that you have that tattoo too. You're so authentically who you are. And I just really admire that about you. Thank you. I'm very proud of that myself. I'm extremely proud of that. It's made some of my life challenging (laughs) because being exactly who you are can be extremely triggering for people. And oh, yeah. My a lot of my life, I was told I was a lot of things. And that was just because I was being me, but I didn't know a lot of my life that I was triggering people. So for many years, I pulled myself back and I shrunk myself down and I got quieter and I said less and you know, I didn't want to offend anybody. And it was like, it's only now in this work that I'm doing that I'm realizing like, you're just triggering the crap out of them. Like you didn't do anything wrong. You're doing everything exactly right. You need to be yourself. When you are yourself, that is when other people feel free to be themselves as well. But so often people get triggered when we're really living in our power. Was there any turning point for you that really brought you into this knowing of like, I'm just going to be 100% me unapologetically? Because I think as women in particular, that can be really hard to do. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's definitely not a moment because like most amazing things in our lives, it all happens in tiny little bits and pieces. This is just a lot of the personal work I've been doing. So I think it was working with this one particular coach that I, I worked with for probably a year and a half and still am in contact with this gentleman named Dave. He really helped me start stepping into that. Like one of the biggest things that we very, very first worked on was this idea that I'm a bitch. My whole life I've been told I'm a bitch by many people. And he was like, that is just not the impression I get from you. I think you've just triggered people and you push people and you give that tough love and and that's hard for them. And so we sort of started stepping into this idea that like, I am actually a really kind, compassionate and loving person. And maybe I am a little rough around the edges, but that doesn't mean that I'm a bitch. And sort of like taking that back, that was a really huge step for me. And then the more that I put myself out there and the more that I connected with new people and the more I sort of forged new relationships that helped reinforce the fact that like I am a good person. I just, for a long time, I think I thought that I wasn't a good person. So that that was really helpful. Working with a coach, I, I couldn't recommend it more. Working with a coach, working with a therapist. So often there are these things that are lying under the surface that we just don't know are there and, and maybe we don't have the tools to access. And so like working with someone like him Um, gave me the tools to finally access. Like I've always very much been myself, but I think I've been a certain version 
of myself. And now I feel like I am the self. Like I've been working really hard on on going back to the three-year-old Jessica, mm. re-becoming the girl I was before life, you know, happened <laughs> and before everyone's stories became my story and everyone's beliefs became my beliefs when I was just, you know, a crazy diva, silly little girl. Like that's who I want to be. That's what I'm striving to be every day these days. It's crazy how these projections, especially the language, the words that people throw at us, that they can really stick to us. And then over time, we're we're carrying them. And whether we're aware of it or not, we are still choosing to carry them. And I agree with you so much, like working with a coach or a therapist, somebody who can have that bird's eye view to help you see yep. the bigger picture can really make a huge difference. Yes, absolutely. And especially because the people in your life they're too involved. You know, it's so hard to get that objective view and that objective um, like stance on things. So yeah, in terms of stepping into yourself, sometimes the people around you don't even know how to allow you to do that or to give like just to have hold space for you to do that. And like my coach definitely held space for me to do that and to be me. Like another thing we worked on a lot was um, <laughs> he used to say like, this is going to sound so cheesy. And I did. I rolled my eyes every time. He would say, <laughs> you're fucking brilliant. You know that, right? And I'm like, uh, okay, guess. And like over time, it started like landing. And, and to look at the the inverse of words like we're talking about and, and sort of what people project onto us, I was he was pushing this on me like, you are brilliant. You are so brilliant. Look at all the amazing things you do. Look at all of what you've done and where you've come from. And so now I really feel that way. Like after working on that for so long with him, like I'm like, I am freaking brilliant. I am kicking ass at life. I am inspiring. And not that I let that go to my head, but let that feed my soul in a way that feels really good. Like I'm not a bitch. I'm not a mean person. I'm kind. I'm loving. I'm brilliant. I'm smart. You know, all of these things. It's a powerful shift. Yeah, such a powerful shift. And again, like I want to just like really emphasize time. When you, for any listeners that are maybe trying to make a shift like this, trying to step into your power, trying to really become who you are, despite everyone telling you who you should be, um, like know that it takes time. Like it took 30 years for all of this stuff to sink in and become a part of me. So it's going to take a long time for it to not be a part of me. It doesn't have to take 30 years by any means, but just know if you're feeling frustrated about where you're at, like you will get there. It takes time. It's it's the little wins. It's the little pieces along the way that all add up to this really incredible intentional life that you're super stoked to call your own. Absolutely. And the 30-year mark is pretty much where most of us are going to be experiencing our first Saturn return. And Saturn returns really are the coming of age. It is the moment that you look in the mirror and you actually see who you are. And at the same time of beginning to see who you really are, you can also see all of the projections that have been placed upon you, whether it was in a loving way, like your parents saying, you know, you are such a, an A student and you're not an A student, you're a B student. And that's okay. Maybe school isn't lighting your fire. Maybe you're not studying the subject that's going to really make a difference for you or help you make a difference for the world. Like, we are at that pivot point when you hit that mark. So I I think you're right on the money when you say that it it took you 30 years. I think it will take most people at least 30 years to begin breaking that open. And that's 
completely okay. Like you were always right on time. Yes. And it's actually interesting you say that too, because I was reading in, uh, there's this great book called The Female Brain. It's really uh, an interesting read, but in it, the author talks about how when you reach like your 50s and 60s, like a lot of people really begin to fully shed what's been put on them their whole life, especially if you've been a parent. And so you like went from your probably your 30s and then raised kids for 20 years. And now you're back to getting, you know, finding yourself again and being yourself. And, you know, you think about it, if at 30, you start realizing all these things, and at 60, you finally release it, it's like, maybe it does take another 30 years to release it and to really step into you. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, like the corny sort of cliche line, enjoy the journey is is so true, though, because there's so much goodness all along the way as you're pulling yourself back together. Absolutely. So something that we had touched on was in regards to routines, and I would love if you could share with us any piece of your routine that you have currently. I'm sure it's changed a lot over the years, but anything that you do like daily, weekly, monthly, however often it is for you that really brings you a lot of joy that you would recommend that other people maybe give a try? Yeah. my I don't like using the word morning routine because I feel like that feels very rigid. And I actually like avoided having a morning routine, putting that in air quotes, (laughs) (laughs) because exactly because of that. I'm like, I don't want to have to wake up and do yoga and meditate and like drink my special hot water with lemon or, you know what I mean? Like it just felt so confining. And so while I was traveling, I started developing a morning routine. It was just like bringing in time for me. Um, And something that I realized was while we were traveling, we weren't really on as much of a schedule because it was just my husband and I, and we were just sort of like adventuring. Like we honestly slept in till like 10, <laughs> like we were back in college or something. But because of that, it taught me that I don't need to dive right into work the second I wake up. Like I can start work at 11 or 12 and still get a really good full day of work in and get everything I need to get done. And so that sort of opened me up a little bit to the idea of like being more flexible with my schedule, sort of like we had talked about before. And in that flexibility, I really sort of, when we came back from traveling, I wanted to maintain that travel mindset. And so I said to my husband, I'm like, I don't want to be setting alarms to wake up early again. I don't want to be trying to crush an eight hour day every day. Like I realize I don't need that. So like, if you want that, I guess go for it, but I don't want to do that. And so in doing that, I wanted to find a way to keep myself centered throughout the day. So I had sort of had this idea of like, I can be more loose in the morning. I can just sit and drink my tea. I don't have to jump right into work. I can sleep in. But I wanted to bring in some other pieces that were going to, what I realized was I saw a morning routine as like a chore. Um, And Mm. I had the mindset shift of what if it was supportive? Like, what if it felt supportive? It felt like something I I wanted. Um, And so I started leaning into that idea and really developing what I just say is like my morning me time. And so now what that looks like is just sleep until I want to get up, which is usually around eight-ish. And then I'm usually doing a mix of journaling, listening to music, meditating, looking out the window. I always have many beverages. I have my celery juice, my water, and my tea. <laughs> All right. I love it. <laughs> um, and so I really have found that to be really powerful in terms of just like getting centered for the day and really keeping me in a calm space and reminding me that I am in control of my time. 
Time is not in control of me. I determine what gets done. I don't need to rush around to get it all done. And I find that when we came back from traveling, probably like two days after we came back, I had been giving myself time in the mornings and I knew that it was really valuable. And one day I woke up and I had a lot to get done. And instead of like saying, this is when you need the morning time the most, when you wake up anxious and feel like you have a thousand things to get done, instead of leaning into that, I was just like, I need to go. I need to get right up. So I like jumped right up. I got on my computer. I was meeting with a friend to like catch up with her because we had just gone back from travel. And I love telling this story because it's just the perfect example of awareness and how ridiculous we can be when we're not allowing ourselves to be aware. (laughs) I started just like getting, I was going to meet with my friend, but I was like feeling really emotional because I've just been doing so much work. Some days I'm just like, I'm just so raw and tender. And so I was just feeling really raw and tender and I was rushing around and I was like crying. And then I don't even remember my husband's name is Ben. I don't even remember what Ben said, but like I got like mad at him about it. And I was like, and I was like, I have to go. And like, I go to meet my friend at the coffee shop, but I like leave without like giving him a hug or a kiss and like leaving this like really negative energy. And I like get out to the car and I'm like crying in the car. I'm like, I have to go back in. I can't leave it this way. So I was like going and walking the door. I just look at him and I'm like, I'm sorry. And he's like, comes and gives me hugs. Like, it's okay. And slowly I like pull myself together. But like, that is just the perfect example of when I didn't give myself the time, how easy it is to spiral out because I didn't find that sense of calm and that sense of center first thing in the morning. And I feel like all of us have experienced that in some capacity in our lives. And that's been like the biggest value for me is it just really gets my day started in a way that I know will support my whole day. I think it's really important to emphasize that it sounds like you are starting every day for you. Yes, totally. And that's not what we're taught to do, really. Like we're kind of taught to start our day, we go to school. We start our day, we go to work. We start our day for other people or in service of other people. But when you shift that, I'm starting my day for me, it's the power of like, I'm living for me. Yes, totally. And in terms of living with intention, it really allows you to bring intention to each day because instead of just rushing into your day, like for example, I like to, one of the first things I ask myself is how am I feeling? For all of you listeners out there who answer that question every time with fine or good, I highly encourage you to pull out a feelings wheel. Um, It sounds really silly, but if you type feelings wheel into Google, there's literally a wheel of feelings and it'll say like, happy, sad, whatever. It'll give like the main ones. And then it gives lots of other feelings like hopeless or hopeful or joyful or um, gosh, there's isolated. Like there's so many feelings. And that's been a big part of this morning routine for me is really tapping into how I'm feeling and how I want to feel. So I wake up and I ask myself, how am I feeling? Am I feeling maybe anxious? Am I feeling nervous? Am I feeling excited? And how do I want to shift that for the day? And so bringing intention to your day can be as simple as just saying, how am I feeling and how do I want to feel? And the morning is such a powerful time to do that. Even if you feel like you only have 10 minutes, you could still take time for that sort of quick little like mindset check-in and shift opportunity. What a wonderful shift. And that's something that if you're listening right now, I challenge you mm-hmm. to begin the next day that you wake up by asking yourself, how am I feeling? And then following that with, how would I like to feel? Mm-hmm. 
yeah. and see what that does for your day. Yeah. And you might not like right away, it might be really hard for me when I, I was working with, she calls herself a heart coach. She does heart math coaching, which is actually really cool stuff. But the very first call, she was like, so every call we're going to start with a check-in and I'm going to ask you these three questions. And the first question is, how are you feeling? And she asked me that question and I immediately wanted to cry. Like I immediately got choked up, but I was like, I'm not going to cry in front of this woman within two minutes of starting our very first coaching call. Like (laughs) I'm a freaking disaster over here, but probably like 20 minutes in, we started talking about something and I couldn't stop it. And I started crying and I was like, honestly, I wanted to cry within two minutes. And she's like, like, what's up? Like what was causing that? And I was like, just thinking about how I'm feeling. Like, and and the reason I think I wanted to cry was we all, as I, I think I sort of said this before too, is we live on the surface and we so easily live on the surface because it's easier there. And I think when she said, how are you feeling? And when I asked myself in that morning, often that like pokes that thing that's sort of gurgling underneath that we don't want to look at. So it can be scary to ask that question and to actually dive a little bit deeper and like look at the feelings we will be like, wow, like I am feeling really lonely today. Instead of saying I'm fine, having that realization can be really hard. That's like when you really step into your power and be, start living intentionally because then you really start bringing awareness to the things that are scary and you take their power away by recognizing them and by looking at them and bringing them to the surface. It's such a powerful exercise that can be really hard to do, but I encourage you to really push through and um, let those tears come up if they come up because they probably will and know that it will get easier the more you allow yourself to recognize those feelings and, and see that that makes up the whole of you. You know, you are all those feelings. So we don't want to hide them or push them down, which is what we're kind of taught to do, I feel like, in life. Yeah, because that doesn't get rid of them. They're still there. Oh, yeah. And, and if you feel like something's been popping up, over and over and over, it's because it is, and you're just not addressing it. Um, And it's time to really look at it and say, what can we do to heal this or fix this? You know, that's sort of like the first step on healing journey is is seeing those things that you don't want to see. Definitely. So another question I love to ask is, is there an affirmation or a mantra that you are really enjoying right now? One that I was just right before this, I was like, right before this, I had like a crying, journaling, music, moving, like working through something really big. Beautiful. Yeah. And the mantra that came to me toward the end of that was my war is over. Mm. Um, And I wanted to actually funny because you and I talked on my podcast, Mindset Reset Radio, about the power of like a positive affirmation. Mm. So my war is over that was really sticking and feeling powerful. But I'm like, how can I lean into this? What maybe feels a little lighter and brighter that still touches me in that place. And so the other flip side of that was peace is here. Ooh. Sort of when I say that, I visualize myself stepping out of an armor suit, dropping it to the ground and walking forward. So that's really landing with me today, at least. And that's a great one for doing breath work too, Mm -hmm. I would say. I, I actually imagined... My war is over being the breath out and peace is here being the breath in because it's what you're taking in. Yes. I love that. I love that. Because it really helps you embody it and it makes it more real. And that's why I think it's so helpful with affirmations to tie it into the breath because it brings it into your being. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that. What a beautiful mantra. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm definitely going to try it out. I love that. Yeah, no problem. Feel free to take it. (laughs) So good. This is the Soulful of It podcast. So I always ask my guests, what are you soulful of right now? I am soulful of forgiveness right now. Mm, That's lovely. Yeah, it's a big part of what I was what I was working through just before this podcast is um, forgiving someone and, and forgiving myself is what actually came up as I was working through it. So yeah. That really resonates with me. I have been working on some forgiveness myself recently. So I love that you shared that. That's just really wonderful. Yeah. It's challenging, but also liberating and really beautiful and lovely. Absolutely. I would love if you could share with us where folks can find you and connect with you. Yeah. um, So I would say you can access everything through my Instagram. Um, I'm currently in the process of, I have a website, so jessicadefold.com, but that's like my business website and marketing. And I'm, I'm slowly working on adding this other new arm of my business, the mindset stuff into that. So anything that I have going on, you'll find on my Instagram at Jessica Thiefels. My book is available on Amazon. You can get that through the link in my bio, or you can just go to Amazon and probably just type in the name of the book, which is 10 questions that answer life's biggest questions. And then my podcast, which I love, which you have been on, you can find that on Apple and Spotify and I think pretty much all like the the main podcast listening platforms. And I'm on Twitter. If you're in, if you're looking for marketing stuff, I talk mostly marketing on Twitter at jthiefels. And you find me on LinkedIn as well, just Jessica Thiefels. Wonderful. I am so grateful that you joined us and shared so many pieces of your wisdom with me and our listeners. Thank you so much, Jessica, for joining us today. It really means so much to me. Mm, thank you so much for having me. So appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners, as always, for tuning in. We will catch you in the next episode. Definitely get your hands on that book. Check out Jess's podcast. It's so good. We hope that you guys have a wonderful day. Take good care of yourselves.